The reading is from Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 21, going down to 29, on page 972 of the Church Bibles. 972. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are indeed the God of all comfort. And we pray, Father, as we look at this challenging passage that you would comfort us where we need comfort. You would challenge us where we need challenge and cause us, as Jesus says here, to hear his words and put them into practice. We ask it in his name. Amen. Well, whenever we're faced with a choice to make, there's a question we ask, isn't there? Is it worth it? If you're thinking of making that new purchase, you see the new iPhone, you think to yourself, is it worth the money? Or perhaps it's the weekend. I don't know there's a few nods there in the, in the crowd. Uh, sorry, in the, yeah, a few nods there at the new iPhone. But if, um, if you're making a journey at the weekend, you think it's a sunny day, let's travel to the beach. And then you look on Google Maps and you see the whole route is red. You ask yourself, is it worth the time? Or perhaps you're weighing up a new promotion at work, thinking, well, there's the extra salary, there's the extra responsibility, but is it worth the extra stress, the longer hours? Is it worth it? It's an important question, isn't it? Whenever we make a choice to weigh up, is it worth it? And I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that actually that is a question we sometimes ask of our faith. Jesus said, didn't he, last week we saw that to follow him is to enter through the narrow gate and walk the narrow path. And it is to be in the minority when the majority are on the wide path. And so we can find ourselves very naturally asking, is it worth being on that path? See, all through this sermon, Jesus has shown that actually to be in his kingdom is difficult. It means not just following the letter of the law, but working on our hearts by his spirit to tackle things like anger, lust, truth, things that people don't see, 
But yet Jesus wants his followers to work on them. He wants his followers to love their enemies, not act on their right for justice all the time. And you might ask yourself, is it worth that? And Jesus says that to follow him means to stand out. It is to be sought. It is to be light. And so we might ask, is it worth the difficulty of being different? Maybe there are people here this morning who are looking into the Christian faith. We always hope there are on Sunday people looking in, weighing up these things for themselves. And maybe you're here because there are some things you like about the church. You like the idea of having a faith. But perhaps you look over the horizon to to what the life would look like and you're thinking to yourself, is it worth it? Well, that is the question Jesus answers uh, in this final part of the sermon. He answers answers this question, is it worth it? See, um, in this sermon, Jesus has uh, presented a manifesto of the kingdom. And right at the end, he ends with this one very simple parable to show us why living his way is absolutely worth it. Now, when we ask, is it worth it, there are three questions I think we ask. First of all, what's the cost? Secondly, what's the benefit? And thirdly, what's the risk? What's the risk that the the benefit is going to pay off? And that's what I want us to do in this passage. I think Jesus speaks about the cost, the benefit, and then the risk. So first of all, then, what's the cost Perhaps we're uncomfortable with that language of cost. Uh, We know, after all, that God's grace is free to us. So why would we speak about a cost? Well, while those things are true, Jesus does speak, doesn't he, of the cost of following him. Notice the image Jesus uses in verse 24 for living his way. Verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, Jesus could have used many images for living his life, but he's chosen a house-building project. See, if you've ever seen the program Grand Designs, I don't know if anyone's heard of that or seen it, but uh, I haven't really seen many of the episodes, but I often flick on when it's ending. And um, every episode ends the same way. Uh, the person presented says, how are you done with the budget? How have you done with the time? And they suck their teeth and sort of say, well, we went over budget and we went over time. And people honestly speak about having put their life on hold for two years or, or whatever just to devote themselves to this building project that's now before them. And of course, that is living in an age with power tools and JCB diggers and cranes. In the ancient world, building a house was a much more uh, laborious task. It was pretty much the biggest thing you could ever do as a person. And that is the image Jesus uses for living his words. Now, we obviously watch Grand Designs, and we might question the life choices the people have made, putting their life on hold for two years, and I think most of the people question their life choices at the end of the project. But the thing is, it's not a half-hearted decision, is it? They have put all their time, all their finances, all their investment 
into this project, building a house. And that is the sort of life Jesus calls his followers to. Just have a look back through the sermon uh, to chapter 5, verse 20. I want us to see this, that Jesus speaks in the strongest terms of what it means to follow him. Chapter 5, verse 20, he says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Or flick over the page to chapter 5, verse 48, where he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Or chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Or verse 33, where he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So you can see clearly, can't you, there's no kind of half measures to live in Jesus' way. It is the kind of house-building investment. It is the, the thing you chuck everything into, which is why the foolish man takes the approach he does. It's about you, but um, maybe it's the song or learning this in Sunday school, but um, perhaps have a show of hands if, if, if this is true of you. I kind of imagine this parable by the, the seaside. Uh, the, the wise man's up on the cliff edge building his house on the rock. The foolish man's down on the ground building his house on the sand. Is that, is that just me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, that always kind of didn't make sense to me because I thought, well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? No one would build a house on the sand on the beach. I mean, yeah, why would they be so foolish? Well, anyway, I did a bit more digging, pardon the pun, and uh, the commentators tell me on this that actually um, there's a bit more to it, that the people in this part of the world would build their houses in the summer. And in the summer, even the most sandy of ground was pretty firm, a bit like your garden lawn. You can stamp on it, and it's like a rock. And what people needed to do as they were building the house in the summer was to dig down below that loose ground onto the limestone rock beneath. But the foolish builder, as you might understand, thinks to himself, why do I want to be digging on hard ground in the summer? I mean, who of us is out digging our lawn at the moment? And so he taps his foot on the floor and thinks, that is solid, that's not going anywhere. I'll save some money, I'll save my back uh, by just building my house on the ground as it is. And of course, he seems to have made the right choice. The house is up, it's cheaper, he's not got the, uh, the, the medical bill for realigning his spine. And Jesus says that those who hear him but don't do his words are like the foolish man. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Notice the foolish man does hear the words of Jesus. He's in the audience. He, he's in church. He's reading the Bible. He even goes home with a, a warm feeling each Sunday. But his life, Monday to Saturday, is like everyone else's. He doesn't seek to be like his heavenly father in his thought life, in his actions. He chases the same material goods that everyone else does. He's religious, of course, but only when people can see 
And of course, everything looks fine. The house is up. It seems to be on solid ground. It gets all the benefits without any of the trouble of being rejected, of walking the narrow path. But of course, we've got to ask this next question. What's the benefit? Because there are two very different outcomes. So you're just looking at these two houses. You might think that the benefit of following Jesus' words is not obvious. Both men have houses. Both men uh, have somewhere to live. Both men have got uh, things uh, established. And in many ways, we perhaps look around at others and think the same. Is there any benefit to following Jesus? I have the ups and downs of life like everyone else, but yet I have the added trouble of caring about things like my pride or whether I'm serving money or serving God or I spend my time on a Sunday at church or in my bedroom praying. And it's causing quite difficult decisions around life choices or dealing with forgiveness with that person I don't get on with. And you may think to yourself, is it worth the effort? There's another way to have a house. But of course, the picture goes on. Apparently in this part of the world, there were valleys that would look absolutely solid and dry, but by the winter, they would turn into a full river And in this parable, summer rolls into autumn, and autumn rolls into winter. And each of the two men are in their houses watching the television. And Michael Fish is there telling them that there's definitely going to be no storm. So, of course, they prepare for the worst. They get the garden furniture inside. They tie down the trampoline. And they sit in their houses, and the wind picks up. And thank you to whoever managed to get the wind to pick up uh, for the live illustration as we speak of what that was like. The rain patters on the windows and it intensifies. It gets worse and worse and they look out to to the garden and they see the rain becomes puddles and the puddle becomes a river. And as they look to the side of their house, they, they see the water sweeping past the walls. And for the house of the foolish man, he notices something in the corner of his eye as the wall seems to move. He thinks he imagines it. But then the cracks appear. And then the walls begin to shake and then give way. And the building collapses in an instant like a sandcastle meeting the sea. See, only when you roll the clock forward, Jesus says, do you see the benefit Only when the building was tested do you see that the cost was worth it. In verse 22, um, although we looked at this last week, I wanted it read out by Pam because uh, this gives us the context for this, uh, this parable. In verse 22, Jesus speaks in the most chilling terms, doesn't he? He says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive demons out and perform many miracles? Then I would tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, Jesus speaks of a day in the future where our buildings will be tested. And he said it's only those who hear his words and put them into practice that will stand. 
Now, hear me right on this. This doesn't mean that it's our good works, our performance, that means that we're somehow to get through the flood of God's judgment. Now, all through this sermon, we've seen, haven't we, that actually it's the poor in spirit, not those who think they're okay, those who come with open hands, recognizing their failures, who inherit the kingdom. And it doesn't mean there's a kind of level of obedience we need to get, that we somehow need to perform you know, 50%, 60% or whatever to get through. See, the foundation here is not our performance, but the rock of Jesus. But it does mean that those who hear his words and yet don't live by them, well, their house will fall. So you can imagine the foolish man thinking to himself, well, people say you need foundations, but do you really? I mean, this crowd is solid as a rock. And maybe he thinks to himself, I don't want to be constrained by other people's opinions on how to build a house. I don't want to stop living my life. I've got a holiday to go on. And he thought to himself, nothing would happen. But then, of course, it did. And the one who hears Jesus' words and doesn't dismiss them because they're old or doesn't ignore them because they're hard, but lives them, Jesus says, will be like the wise man when the flood comes. Now, I guess for lots of us, that probably doesn't sit very easy. Maybe we're asking the question, uh, is Jesus really um, right on this? How do I know this is true? And how do I know then I'm going to be safe uh, when that day comes. Well, finally, we want to ask this question, what's the risk? See, when you're deciding on whether something's worth it, you ask, what's the cost? What's the benefit? But then I think you ask the question, what's the risk? What's the risk that the supposed benefit is going to happen or not? So yes, I look at the route to the beach. Google Maps tells me it's green, it's clear but I know what the M25 is like. Is it telling the truth? Yes, I know this new exercise is meant to be brilliant. I've only got to run for five minutes a day and I'm going to be healthy uh, as anyone, but is it really going to work? And the same is true here. Jesus puts before us the cost and the benefit, but how do we know it's true? But the sermon finishes with a kind of mic drop moment. Um, Jesus finishes uh, his sermon. I like to finish a sermon like this and see how it goes down. Notice how he finishes, and it fell with a great crash, and then supposedly walks off. But Matthew um, adds a little comment as the narrator here. He says, when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. See, Jesus wasn't just a first century influencer. He wasn't some political pundit, wasn't just some guy who had some good ideas. He taught with authority. The crowds could tell the difference between the best teachers of the day and Jesus. And as I was looking at this, I thought to myself, why does Matthew finish here? Why does he talk about Jesus' authority? And so I looked back through the sermon, and as I did, I saw that actually Jesus has not just shown us what the kingdom is like, but he's shown us his authority over that kingdom. 
So notice, just even in this passage today, notice what the grounds of the future judgment is going to be. Whether you know Jesus or not. And when Jesus talks about doing the will of the Father, in verse 21, how do we know the Father's will? Well, it's in following Jesus' words. See, no one would speak like that. It's to make a claim of God-like proportions, unless, of course, the person speaking is God himself. But it's not just his divine authority which shows this. His life demonstrates these words as well. Because Jesus, when you think about it, really was the wise builder. He did not do his own will. He done the will, does, did the will of his father perfectly. He built his life on the rock of God his father. And when the floodwaters came, he could have stood. He had every right to stand in his father's judgment, but he chose to be swallowed in the flood of his father's wrath. See, at the cross, he cried, why have you forsaken me as God the Father poured out his waters on him? But then, of course, he rose to life. And in doing so, shows us that everyone who builds their life on him will raise to new life through him, to be safe from the flood to come. See, how do I know it's worth it? Well, I look to Jesus, don't I? Because I see here is someone who took the cost for me, who walked the narrow path, and has promised life through him. As I look to his life, as I look to his authority, I know that doing his words, following in his way, is worth it. As we wrap up, a few little things to take away. Uh, first of all, a um, couple of little comments here. Uh, we're building on something. We're all building on something. Uh, notice the way Jesus makes it very black and white, as he's done in lots of places on this sermon. It can feel like our life is going nowhere. Uh, maybe we just feel like we haven't really got things together yet. But Jesus, from his point of view, sees that actually we are building on something. Either his words, his foundation, or on something else, our own lives. We're building on something. Everyone is building on something. Secondly, the question, what are we building on? See, both hear the words, don't they? Both sit in church, both read the Bible, both uh, would call themselves Christian. But only one practices his words. Doesn't mean perfection, doesn't mean we don't ever stumble, but it does mean that we're seeking day by day to walk that narrow path, to enter through the narrow gate. Thirdly, look to the foundation. Maybe you're at the point of asking yourself, is it worth it? Maybe even some of us here this morning thinking, I don't know how I'm going to go on another week. Maybe it feels like I'm wasting my life. Maybe it feels like there's little to show for following Jesus. Maybe the same battle with sin comes around and around, and we think to ourselves, is it worth it? But Jesus reminds us that anyone who builds their foundations on him 
will stand. I don't know about you, but I don't really think about foundations. I'm thinking about them a little bit at the moment while this uh, building creaks above us. Uh, But um, I guess none of us have seen our foundations of our home, maybe one or two of us. But we don't think about them, or at least I don't. And even when a storm comes, even when the wind blows and the rain falls, I don't think to myself, I wonder if my house has got good foundations. I just know it has. And it's the same is true of here. Once we see Jesus and what he has done for you and me, once we see that his death was fully sufficient to forgive us, to bring us to new life, well, it's like going home and sitting in the house that stands on foundations. We need not look to ourselves to worry about whether we can stand up to God's judgment. We can't, but Jesus has. We don't need to look at ourselves and worry whether we will enter life because Jesus has won it for us. And so that everyone who hears his words, puts them into practice, walks his path, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's pray. We pray, our Father in heaven, that we would be wise builders. Help us, Father, to build our house on the Lord Jesus, his words, by putting them into practice. Please give us strength, please give us assurance, and please give us great joy as we seek to walk his path. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.